Sherb Chester along with Roger Brown on this edition of the Seaco Sports Forum. Roger from the Union Leader and also NewHampshireFootballReport.com. The brackets are officially out now for the football here in the state of New Hampshire. And uh, were you surprised by what you saw? Yeah, Friday night, Sherm, I was surprised. If you were an Exeter fan, you would have hoped for maybe the sixth seed. You know, that was probably a realistic um, expectation. But you still needed some upsets for that to happen. Getting the three seed, I, I just didn't envision that. I didn't even know it was possible going into the weekend. Let's put it that way. So that was the shocker, you know, them getting the bye and the three seed. I don't know what could be a bigger shocker than that. It surprised everybody. In case people haven't seen it, let's break down what happened. The brackets for the Division One football tournament, as I like to call it, were, were handed out the three seeds that were given buys were Londonderry, Nashua North, and Exeter. The surprise there when I'm looking at the bracket is not Londonderry and definitely not Nashua North, but the Blue Hawks. Was it the the scoring, the points? No matter how many times I tell people this, they don't listen. Don't look at the record. If you're six and three and I'm six and three, we are not tied. Mm-hmm. That's the points are the same. 100% points gets you in and also gets you seated. So, And going back to the traditional way of doing business, and, and, and this is what's confused a lot of people, including me, that you had uh, Timberlane beat us in the regular season. We lost to Bedford during the regular season because of the points differentials with the other teams we played, and we didn't they didn't play the same schedule we did. So that's, that's why there was a short differential like, point something or other that gave us the dib over Timberlane? Is that what it boils down to? Yeah, it's it's really not all that complicated. It's you you get points for beating a team. Right. If that team's a good team, you get extra points. And then you divide by the number of games you play. So if you beat a team with five wins, that's better than beating a team with two wins. So that's what that's what you do. At the end of the year, you add up all the points, divide by games played, and see who's got the higher number while well, they're doing it this year even though the schedules are the same in some division in division one as you mentioned sure that not everybody plays the same timberland and exeter for example didn't play the same schedule right they played six opponents that were the same you know others that were not the same so i figured out that exeter had a slight edge but it was surprising because again you mentioned timberland won the head-to-head and you know the one team in the conference that Exeter beat the Timberlane didn't was Portsmouth. And they weren't as, if you compare Portsmouth and Exeter, you know, Exeter is worth more points, but Timberlane had some victories against teams that weren't very good, like Goffstown and mm. uh, I think Keene. So, you know, that hurt them, even though they won those games. Savvy me up. Are the points assigned two teams prior to the start of the season or do they get changed during the season? Cause you've got some teams start off like a house of fire, like Spalding, the red Raiders Dover was hot at the beginning of the season and, and, and a, a big team, a bigger team that didn't have much of a season. That's the winner kind of warriors. So do they, they are assigned numbers prior to the start of the season? No. Okay. You get 10 points for a win, no matter who you beat. And then for each victory that team has, you get two additional points. You get a team that's five and four, you get a total of 20 points. 10 for the win, regardless. And then two for each of their five wins. So that's 20. I got you. Uh, 
and then you just divide by games played. It's it's not that complicated, but people tend to make it more complicated than it is. And it it gets it gets fuzzy at the end of the year because you've got to go down a team's schedule. It's not just who you're playing this week, but who have you beat? Will they win this week? Because Timberlane had more points than Exeter, but Exeter played one less countable game. The game against Vermont did not count. You divide by eight for Exeter and nine for Timberlane, and it gave them a little bit of a an edge to get the bye. So let's stick with this bracket, and and we'll move to the other. I want to give the other divisions a quick uh, glance too. Uh, from what you see now, again, Londonderry, Nashua, Exeter have buys going into the quarterfinals in in the Londonderry bracket. That's how I'll, I'll put it. Uh, you've got Merrimack taking on Portsmouth Oyster River, and then the other game in that bracket is Pinkerton taking on Spalding. And then the other game in that bracket is Bishop Girton taking on and hosting Dover. Uh, let's start there. So Merrimack, Portsmouth, Oyster River. What? Uh, that's an eight versus a one game. Eight nine. Eight nine is it? Yeah, a little print here. So eight nine. What are your What are your thoughts on that matchup? Well, those are the two teams that that helped Exeter last week. Um, it wasn't all that intriguing of a matchup in my mind, going, you know, until they both pulled off upsets. So Portsmouth beat Timberlane, Merrimack beat Bedford. So you got two teams, uh, you know, playing their best football of the season. Uh, that could go either way in my mind. Okay. And then you got Pinkerton and Spalding. Spalding was red hot at the beginning of the season. They kind of uh, petered out towards the end, but that Pinkerton team is always, uh, you know, a factor in, in, in the playoffs. So, I assume you're going to say Pinkerton's the dominant dog there. Well, they're certainly favored. You know, it's good to see Spalding kind of rebound and, and earn a playoff spot for that program. But, you know, Pinkerton's got one loss in state. So I think they're the, what, the four seed. So you'd have to make them the heavy favorite there. And then you got Bishop Girton, Dover. Uh, from what I saw, Girton should have no problem with Dover. But BG, you know, they, I mean, they could be, you know, Second best team in the state. You know, they were seconds from beating Nashua North. And if they had done that, I'm not sure if they would have got the bye or not, but it would have been close. Yeah, you know, BG's very good. Um, You'd have to go with the Cardinals in that one. In the Nashua North bracket, the uh, matchup there is number seven, Wyndham, taking on number 10, Bedford. Uh, What's your take there? That's a tough draw for Wyndham. I mean, I never would have guessed Bedford would have been a 10 seed, you know. Uh, and again, that's because they lost to Merrimack last week. Very tough matchup for both teams. Another one that could go either way. Certainly would not be surprised if Bedford advanced. Okay. And then in the Exeter bracket, it's uh, Timberlane, number six, hosting Concord, number 11. Another good game that could go either way. Um, you know, and that one's going to be in Plastow, so I, I would assume – you know, a lot of Exeter players and coaches will be over there. Um, you know, Concord's a very good team. They've got one of the best running backs in the state. You know, I, I was very high on Timberlane. They've just kind of hit a bump in the road here the last couple of weeks, you know, almost losing to Dover and then losing to Portsmouth last week. So they're, they've kind of hit the skids. So not sure what, what the issues have been in their last two games. But, you know, if they, if they get back to playing the way they were earlier in the year, they certainly have a good chance to win that one. But that's another one that, you know, I won't be surprised regardless of who wins. Again, that Londonderry bracket is stacked. It's got one, two, three contests. And the first one uh, that 
will interest Londonderry as the winner of the Merrimack-Portsmouth Oyster River matchup. Depending on how that one goes, obviously that'll be uh, an interesting contest, but Londonderry, I would assume, would be the favored team. Sure, no yeah, they're the one seed, sure. Yeah. yeah so. And then because of the way the bracket's set up, you've got Pinkerton, Spalding, Bishop Girton, Dover. Uh, that potentially could lead, uh, just my own prognostication here, nobody else's, uh, Pinkerton-Girton matchup. Yeah, that'd be a, a heck of a game. And then uh, going down to the second bracket, Nashville North just sitting there waiting to see who wins uh, uh, the Jaguars versus the Bulldogs there. Uh, and then the Blue Hawks, like you said, are probably going to be keeping an eye on Timberlane, uh, but Concord could be a factor. So on a given day, any of these teams could pull an upset, which will make it interesting for Londonderry, Nashville North, and Exeter. So it's not a gimme on anybody's part here from what you're saying. You know, there's some teams that are more likely to upset teams than others. I certainly think Exeter will have its hands full, no matter if it's Concord or Timberlane. You know, but in like Londonderry's case, they've already beaten both BG and Pinkerton pretty soundly. Um, not to say that either of those teams couldn't beat Londonderry, but, you know, again, I think Londonderry would be the favorite there. Um, the one team that I think could really have its hands full that has a bye is North, uh, because Wyndham and Bedford are both very good. And um, I saw North play Bedford. It was the first game of the year, and uh, North jumped on them early. But they only got two touchdowns offensively against Bedford. I think Bedford's playing much better now. So that's the one that I, you know, if I had to pick an upset, uh, again, Exeter's not going to roll, you know, necessarily. They have their hands full, like I said. But I could see I could see a Bedford or a Wyndham really giving North trouble. Concentrating on the Exeter matchup with either Timberlane or Concord. We played Timberlane, lost to Timberlane, so there's a little revenge factor there. Concord is a team they didn't play. And both teams can pass. Concord's got a very good quarterback, as does Timberlane. So, um, you know, when I mentioned the Concord running back, he's he's very good, but they certainly can throw the ball too. Um, so it'll be a, you know, a multi-dimensional team, regardless of who Exeter faces next. So that puts, that puts the, that puts the pressure on the, the secondary for the, for the Blue Hawks. Once you get past this first round, the first game they're involved in. If you get to the next, the semifinal round, all powerhouses at that point, depending upon how it all comes out, shakes out. London Derry, uh, uh, Dominant Dog, Nashville North. I saw them take on Bishop Girton. That was wow! What a contest that was. I think Exeter will end up playing the North if they if they advanced. Of course, it would be the North bracket, so it would be North. Bedford or Wyndham, I believe. In Division Two, it's a simple setup. Um, going for a chance to go to the semis, you got number one, Guilford, Belmont. They're taking on St. Thomas Aquinas. They're number eight. In the next bracket down, you've got Sauhegan, number four, going up against Kennett. You've got in the next bracket, Pelham Pythons going up against Plymouth. They're a number seven seed. And then in the final bracket, you got Bo taking on Hanover in the quarterfinals. Guilford, uh, Belmont, and St. Thomas. And uh, we'll go with that one first. Well, they just played, you know, Guilford, Belmont. They're the number one overall seed. So, you, you know, I, I would be surprised if St. Thomas beats them. You know, certainly Guilford's the favorite. And Sauhegan, Kennett? Good game. Kenneth's a good team, but Sauhegan has two of the better, at least two of the better players in the division. They're going to be tough to slow down, particularly their offense. And Pelham Plymouth. Down year for Plymouth by Plymouth standard, so I would expect Pelham to advance. 
And then Bo and Hanover. Another good game. Could be closer than people think, but I would go with Bo. Bo's only loss is to Guilford. And, uh, you know, so you really have, you know, three teams plus Bo, you know, maybe a notch below those other three, but certainly, uh, you know, three or four teams separate themselves from the others, I think. One interesting thing is Guilford, despite being uh, undefeated, they're going to likely drop to Division Three next year because I believe they're losing the Belmont kids. I believe that partnership will be over. So it opens up a spot for a team. Interesting. In- you know, in Division Two. Let's look at Division Three. The brackets there, uh, brackets, uh, and the semifinals. Since we're going right from the semis to the, to the championship, Trinity is uh, going to be hosting Inner Lakes Moultonboro, and then the other contest is number two Monadnock taking on Campbell. What's your What's your feeling there? Well, I'd have to go with Trinity. I mean, they're a school that's again they have Division One athletes and a lot of sports playing on this football. You know, they're Division One baseball, Division One basketball, Division One hockey. Yeah, how so, did they wind up in Division Three? Explain that. <laughs> I can't. <laughs> that's a question for somebody else, Sherm. Well, Were I in charge, they would not be in Division Three. That's for sure. All we'll right, fair enough. And now Division Four, uh, the matchups there. Number one is Summersworth. They're taking on number four Raymond, and then number two Newport. They're going up against Bishop Brady, who's seated number three. So give me a. Yeah, I think it would be a shock if it's not uh, Newport against Summersworth. You know, and Summersworth the defending champs. They beat Newport earlier this year, so I, I would say they're clear-cut favorite, maybe a notch above the others. Wouldn't count out Newport, you know, in a one game. You know, that's a strong uh, uh, strong history in that program. Um, a lot of emphasis on football in that community. So uh, it's not like they couldn't win it, but, you know, I'd, I'd have to go with Summersworth if you put my feet to the fire. Okay. The, the last question I'm going to ask about the schoolboy football um, is if you were in a position – we'll go back to division one of uh, being able to sit it out a week, have a buy, see what happens underneath you with all the other matchups. Or would you, if as a coach, would you rather be playing and, and just keep the momentum going? And, and, and I'll, I'll put a caveat on that. Uh, if you were bill ball, Exeter, the blue Hawks who had a, a good season, not, you know, not a dominating season, because we did lose a couple along the way and a couple of good games, Timberlane and Bedford. Would you be preferred to, to be playing or just sit back, relax, and, and uh, see what happens? Well, I guess a lot of that term would determine would be determined by who would I have to play. You know, uh, if I was playing a team that I was going to beat 99 out of 100, 100 times, I might entertain playing the game. But I think, of course, I've never been a coach, you know, at the high school level. Uh, but I think I would always want to buy, um, figure out a way to try and keep my team sharp. Um, you know, particularly Exeter's case, they're really banged up this year. It's going to probably help them get some kids healthy. Uh, and there's just no chance of losing during the bye week, you know, which upsets happen. So, you know, you know, you've got another, uh, you're, you're, you're sure bet to be in the quarterfinals if you get the buy. Um, and there haven't been that many buys, you know, uh, heading into the playoffs or in the playoffs that I can recall. Maybe none, actually. Um, but I do recall a year where Exeter had a buy, I believe, the last week of the season, regular season, for some reason. 
And then they lost to Dover the next week. Now, maybe maybe that was a regular season game too, but either Exeter lost a playoff game to Dover or a game to Dover that knocked them out of the playoffs, one of the two coming off a bye. Mm -hmm. So I know that's – I'm sure that's still fresh in Coach Ball's mind, even though it was probably 15, 20 years ago, you know. So um, the coaches I talk to are always worried about coming out flat following the bye. But, you know, I just – it's just a hard – it's a free pass. I I would find that hard to pass up where I coaching. Well, it, it, you get some teams, the, the home field advantage, which in this case, the higher seeds do get to host this uh, first and second round. So the, the Blue Hawks will be hosting the winner of that other contest, uh, Timberlane and or uh, Concord. Uh, and that'll be on November 12th. In case folks want to go to William Ball Stadium, it should be a good game one way or the other. And then uh, we have London Dairy. They'll be hosting their their bracket and then also national north so three great contests coming up on november 12th and as far as we know they will be played on those games will be played on saturday at one o'clock as opposed to the first round which they had the option if they wanted to play on a friday night and a few of them did decide they'd like to play those contests on friday night uh, that was left up on the first round the preliminary round yeah i don't know uh uh, frankly, I don't know why they're not allowed to play on Friday night whenever they want. I don't, I don't understand the, the logic there, and I, I really don't know why it's only allowed for the first round and not the second round, uh, or maybe it is. I, you know, trying to get information sometimes out of the <laughs> rough. Uh, so I, I have no idea what the rhyme or reason is for that, but as far as I know, those are Saturday games. Last year in the quarterfinals – you could have played on Friday, I believe. So, I, you know, we'll just have to see. You know, as of right now, they're all Saturday games, as far as I know. I guess the biggest disappointment for me, for all the different divisions, and, and we've t- talked about this in the previous shows, is that they're not going to be doing the championship, the state championship games, a plural, for all divisions at UNH or, or a neutral site, so that it would be kind of like get a big crowd there, spread it out for the whole day like we did at UNH and, and just, you know, give the kids a chance to shine in front of uh, multiple people, multiple groups. That was my two minute drill. Sure. Oh, well, don't <laughs> let, let, let's hold that. Let's hold that. Let's hold that. Then uh, I did want to go. I over, agree. Needless yeah. to say, yes. Well, we we'll, we'll get back to that two minute drill here in a minute. I just want to go over some other uh, results in uh, school boy and school girl sports uh, in the state. Been a very good fall year for uh, Exeter yeah. Athletics. Uh, girls soccer in Division One, uh, the Exeter Blue Hawk ladies rolling on. They'll be taking on Bedford in the uh, championship game. That'll be coming up at Stella Stadium on Friday the fourth, and uh, that's a five o'clock start up there. Uh, let's see what else we got going on here. We want to go to uh, the field hockey. That uh, was a championship. Congratulations to. Coach Deb Grott and the Exeter Blue Hawk field hockey team. They are the state champions. They went into the tournament seated at number two. Um, they went into the semifinal against Wyndham. And when it kind of uh, played from behind, they actually went into overtime to beat Dover in their contest, in their field hockey contest. And uh, so the final was Winnicott going up against Exeter, but the Blue Hawks came out on top 2-0. So congratulations to the girls' field hockey team. The soccer for the boys 
the tournament uh, will continue at William Ball Stadium this week. Unfortunately, the uh, Blue Hawk boys uh, lost to Hanover. That was a one nothing loss. And Hanover will be playing Wyndham in the semifinals. And then Nashville South will be taking on Manchester Central in the other bracket. And then the uh, finals, they'll be coming up for Division One on Sunday the 6th, 1 o'clock at William Ball Stadium. The unified uh, tournament will also be decided the championship that day at William Ball Stadium. So busy day. It'll be a super Sunday of soccer, Division One, Division Two, and the unified. That's coming up Sunday at William Ball Stadium. That's uh, And congratulations again to the field hockey team. We mentioned the last time the golf team started things off. We got an interview with Coach Bailey and a couple of the guys from the team, Connor and uh, Yasha, and we'll be featuring that in an upcoming televised version of the program. Uh, now, sir, let's go back to the two-minute drill. And I've got a two-minute drill, which is going to be a question for you. It's going to be, excuse me, a question for me? Oh, yeah, yeah, I got a question. But first, let's do your two-minute drill. Oh, well, by two, yeah, just what you were hitting on, Sherm, earlier. You know, why are we not playing at UNH? Um Plenty of seating, plenty of parking, concessions, locker rooms, restrooms. Uh, good for the media. Broadcast media has got booths up there. Print media if it's bad weather. Jumbotron for the kids. Uh, college facility. All the other sp- sports or most of them play at pro or college facilities. And, you know, even with the UNH's new schedule, um, or, or, or plus the fact that the division one game will now be after Thanksgiving. There's not any type of scheduling conflict. Um, and all, frankly, all the coaches I talked to with the exception of one in the lower divisions want to go to UNH. Mm-hmm. So wish they would get back there. I think it would be good for the health of football. And, uh, you know, it's like a celebration of football to have them all on the same day at the same place. At the very least, I think they should do three and four at one location yeah. and one and two at one location. Yeah. yeah. And what really bothers me is that like this year, one and two will be at different sites on the same day at the same time. And that to me, of all the choices, that's the worst one. Why would you do that? Yeah. It's like having the AFC and the NFC championship game both at one o'clock on a Sunday, you know? Mm stagger them you know one and four or noon and three or something like that and but you know it is what it is i think the kids are getting shortchanged for sure the biggest disappointment for me is that i you know i unfortunately uh probably won't be involved with the public address announcing for the championship game if the blue hawks get there uh it'll probably it will definitely be at a neutral site so uh, it's whoever's in charge of that venue that, that gets to do the the pa announcing so I kind of it bums me out because when it was at UNH, it was considered neutral. <laughs> yeah, still got to do it, sure. And I get to sit in my little booth that I do the UNH games. Oh, and before we do, I uh, go to my two-minute drill. I do want to ask you a quick question: the uh, UNH Wildcats football team coming off a uh, a bye and uh, getting back into the thick of things again. Uh, any any vibes on on this, what's left of the season for them and and potentially the future? Yeah, they got. You know, what I what I think is going to be their toughest game of the season coming up Saturday at Richmond. Uh, and I believe they have Rhode Island and Maine. And probably have to win, you know, two, two of the three for sure to get a playoff berth, I would say. Um, 
if they could beat Richmond, huge, you know, uh, I would say the Elon game, their last game was probably the best game I've seen them play. in I don't know, five years, maybe. I mean, it was just solid football in all phases. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's really time to start looking at the playoffs. They certainly have a chance. I don't think many people thought they'd be in this position, but they're the only undefeated team in the league. And uh, probably two out of three down the stretch gets them in the postseason. Now, my two-minute drill is actually a question for you. Sure. I, I was, and every year it's a privilege. There's two things that at halftime of uh, Blue Hawk games I get to do. One is the running of the Seahawks, where we have the, the uh, kids that are in the junior high level program for the for the blue hawks it's called the seahawks and they get to run the the field at halftime and uh, and that's a fun thing and then usually the next week is senior night prior to the game we acknowledge all the senior members of the blue hawk team on the football team so the other night it was uh, my privilege and honor to be able to to call out your son's number nick brown and uh, introduce you and, and your wife uh, and i gave her top billing uh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to get your feelings. I mean, can you believe that that, that Nick is already in his senior year? I mean, it's it, we've talked about the Seahawks, and now you know he's a senior Blue Hawk, and I mean, time just flies, man. So I just wanted your reaction. What what were your feelings there on the field that night when I was yelling out uh, his name and yours? Well, I had Coach Ball about 20 feet to my right staring at me. I was thinking, we better get this moving because <laughs> he wants to play football. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're right. It, it, it flashes before your eyes. I, I was telling my wife, I remember his freshman year. If it wasn't the first game of the year, it was very early. They played up in Thornton Academy in Maine, and I drove up on a Thursday, I think it was. And, uh, you know, it seems like it was – a year or two ago, not four years ago, you know? Mm -hmm. So, you know, somebody I saw on Twitter this week was telling high school kids, high school football players to enjoy their last few games of their senior year. If they're right. seniors this year. And because after that, even if you play in college, it becomes, it's a different animal. It's more business-like. Mm -hmm. And uh, I just think, you know, truer words have never been spoken or written there. You know, you really got to relish your time. Um, and uh, enjoy your teammates and, and have fun, you know, down the stretch here in your final year of high school football. It's not like other sports, you know, you can't play old man football like you can basketball or, you know, go golfing or, or what have you, some other or old man baseball, you know, softball leagues and things yeah, like that. Yeah, so yeah. It's kind of, it's kind of unique in that respect. You're for most kids, this is it, you know, helmet goes on one last time and it never goes on, you know, after that so well uh, your son nick and the rest of the team would know uh, when i do the end of the year rewards thing that's usually the the way i end the end the program uh because i'm usually the, the public address announcer slash mc for that uh i just i tell them you know the underclassmen this is this is probably the best time of your life give it all you sure. got you know because some kids do advance like you just said to college ball it's a different animal and it's probably the one in a million that get into the pros from especially this end of the world um you know it, it's it's a different animal once it gets beyond that it becomes business so yeah enjoy it and uh, i think so i think even the pros would tell you though the best times are in high school yeah i would yeah. You know, i mean you get the paycheck obviously but it's a job and it's a really you gain relationships with your with your you know fellow students and 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 you know it's a brotherhood type of thing you know one of my favorite nights 
during the football season is that senior night where you get to acknowledge not only the senior players, but the parents. And as I say every year, and I say it during the basketball season as well, I thank the parents and the family members for supporting their athletes because without their support, they just could get it done. It takes everybody getting involved to make it happen and make it successful. So thank you to the parents as well as to the senior members. Uh, that about does it for us. Uh, before we leave, I just want to remind you, uh, we enjoy people passing the word about our podcast. We're on all the major platforms. So please pass the word. If you're watching us or listening to us on YouTube, make sure you subscribe, ring the bell, give us a like, uh, ditto on Facebook. And also, also, if you have any questions or comments uh, or an idea for a future show or, or guest, send it to seacoastsportsforum at yahoo.com. So for Roger Brown from the Union Leader and the New Hampshire Football Report.com, I'm Sherm Chester, inviting you to join us for the next edition of the Seacoast Sports Forums.